Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and Falcon of the Winter Soldier. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we're going to be talking about the second episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the Star Spangled Man. This is a big one. Lots of stuff goes down in this episode. episode. So many things happen. More bank loans, more dates for Bucky. That's pretty much it. What? No. Uh, I I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, the show pivoted. I think some criticism of the show is like, what is this? This is like the first act of a movie, not even. It's like the first 20 minutes where you don't know much about anything. And I think this episode took that criticism and um, uh, just crushed Shoved it. It's it up great that they pivoted so quickly because, as we know, these shows are broadcast live. So they probably took the criticism for the first episode, thought about it over the week, yeah. Friday we night, the when they were thing. putting the sketches together. They were like, okay, we got to do this stuff. Warren came out and was like, this is what Bucky should do this week. Wait, and then wh- here we go. What, what was that? That what was a doing? very bad Lord yeah. Michaels well, That was awful. I don't know. Terrible. What, just I, I think they said it live from Atlanta. This is Falcon and Winter Soldier. <laughs> you sounded like Merman from He He Man. It was like you were like, is that well, what he sounds like? No more near your ocean. Yeah, he sounds he, like Buffalo that, Bill. <laughs> you know that Alex did the voice of Merman. Yeah, yeah. So on the original He-Man cartoon. There you go. Uh, I did actually all the voices. Anyway, we're going to be yeah. talking about this episode. If you haven't watched it, go and watch it because we're going to jump right into spoilers and Easter eggs. And as usual on this podcast, go way all over the place jumping with stuff. But so many things happened to this episode, as we were Woo-hoo. saying, as opposed to the first episode, which was a lot of setup and diving into the psychology of where but Sam and Bucky are now. The way you're saying it made it sound like it's bad, though. It was still very enjoyable. Yeah, I'm having fun watching this show. I still do feel like after two episodes, I don't quite know what the show is yet. Uh, yeah. But this at least was pretty episodic. There was a lot of information here. If you're an MCU fan or a comic book fan, you got a lot of stuff there. But to give the broad overview of the plot, Sam and Bucky get together pretty much in the opening minutes, which did not happen in the first episode. They go yeah. on a mission to stop the Flag Smashers. They fail horribly. Even well, though they team I mean, up with the new, new Captain America, John Walker. Fake Cap. And don't his call him buddy. the new Cap. No, don't say that. He's not the new Captain America. He's he technically fake is. No, He's the new Captain America. Stop. I believe in the United States government, and no. I support our new Cap. <laughs> what? Wow. What? Wow. This is a strong take from this podcast. <laughs> Alex is fully committing to the yeah. John Walker Cap. Wow. You're a sellout. He's the star-spangled man, man. So the new cap and his buddy stop saying that I'm going to keep saying it and Battlestar battle them, try to team up with them. It doesn't quite work out. And by the end of the episode, things have turned quite a bit where they now may be working against each other. And Bucky has decided to go get help 
Find out what's going on with the Flag Smashers. Find out what's going on with these new super soldiers in town from the only source he knows, Zemo himself, the villain oh, of Captain how, America's Civil War. As soon War. as he said, I, I was like, Zelvin's losing his mind right I now. love Zemo. I love yeah, him. You do love Zemo. I love Zemo. I love the new Cap. So. That's it. Just those two. It's <laughs> <laughs> wow. the worst. You're going to be very disappointed where this show ends up. Yeah. I, I hope we'll so. see. We'll see. Oh, my God. Season two, Zemo and the new cap. <laughs> so let's start talking through this because there are so many threads and bits of information thrown in here. Yeah. Justin. Yeah. I know. We, let's start off with one of our favorite characters, the Zipper. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, that, the episode starts. Oh. Could have just watched that journey. What a journey! Oh, wow, right? What a journey that zipper. What goes a on. shot! It was like what was great about it. It was so good they could not put it in. They're like I yeah, know this it, doesn't make sense. Have a shot of a zipper, but it's so beautiful and so well done. And never satisfying. flew off the rails. Um, <laughs> goes from beginning oh, to end. Man. Super clean. Yeah. You know, I, I got to be I honest. Guess, when they started doing that, I thought we were back to the shield case. For the beginning of the first episode. Oh, wow. I love that. I love, it's case. a very pretty case. But That's we weren't, nice in case. fact, we're getting the setup from John Walker. Now, Pete, I know what your opinion of John Walker is. You've uh, very clearly expressed that. I'm curious, Justin, to get your take because we get a lot of information about his backstory, about him in this episode. We follow his almost team more than Sam him, and Bucky's who's just are. handling him. It's not like he's, he's just being handled by people in his circle. Well, he has uh, arguably, I would say, the best or most interesting character arc over the course of this episode. What was your take, Justin? Yeah, I agree Fuck with you, you, and I will say Isaiah just wait. had a better fucking than that. Well, Fuck I wouldn't sorry. call that an arc, but um, yes, um, definitely we'll get there. But I thought it was interesting. At the end of last episode, we see John Walker as Captain America, and we're like, boo, we don't like this. <laughs> yes. This is bad. This is a problem because we're right there with Sam. Right. Um, who's like, you're seeing his stress and just absolute frustration for what's happening. Yes. And then this episode, we get in Walker's head. We're meant to sympathize with him at the beginning of this episode. He's not the villain. He is someone who is like. He's a douche. Maybe. But also, like, we don't know too much about him. But this episode, I would argue, is designed to make us like empathize with him a little bit and at least be like, oh, he's not the enemy. He's another player in this game, which was not something I expected. Like the fact that we're in his head, he's a, uh, he doesn't have a secret identity. He's fully public. Um, He is great with the shield. No super strength. He's uh, as we know of so far, he's just like a guy who trained a lot and is a good soldier. I'm I'm not buying it. No, of course. And maybe it's not going to end up being true. But what I think is unique about this episode is it put us there with him as opposed to being like, he's a problem. We have to get him. We see Sam um, and Bucky react that way later. But it's a little confusing because we don't know sort of which way it's going to go. You know, yeah, I, I'm definitely right there with you. And we get these great scenes at the beginning of him in the locker room. It establishes it's such a easy visual slash plot thing to do. But his wife comes in. His wife says, I love you and I support you as best friends come in. So we're already in this place where, like you're saying, we're very off kilter. We we want to hate this guy. But there are other people who do. seem reasonable who like him. We no. find out that he has this incredible military record where he saved so it's many people. 
people. Know. And then uh, there's you even this great that. moment when they're in the car. And I love that scene when they're in the car and they're trying to get Bucky and Sam to get in the car. And Bucky just throws out at him, did you ever jump on a grenade? And he says, yeah. well, actually, I jumped on three grenades. You know, you put the helmet on there. Yeah. Very funny, but it also yeah. makes him very self-effacing. But I would say at the same time, you get these notes of turn against him by the end of the episode. That's why I think he has a really interesting arc because you start in his head, you start wondering if you're supposed to be sympathizing with him, but then he pulls out the gun with no hesitation on top of the truck, which might be crazy to see somebody with the shield rocking the gun like that. Well, here's the thing though. Captain America has done that. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Thank you for pointing that out to me. I'm just saying it's still <laughs> weird. Is that a new character? It's, is that a new character in the podcast? It's still weird to Clown see it happen. It's still weird to see it happen, is my point. Regardless Agreed. of the, seeing it in the comic a bunch. Yes. Seeing it other this times. Is, I am agreeing with you. You're very angry at me, Pete. Just yes. because I, I John think, Walker is my favorite character and I oh identify with him. And well, it's right, the so first time I got- saw myself on screen. But go ahead. <laughs> wow. Oh my, all right. Congratulations. Look at me. I'm, I'm like John Walker right here. Okay, okay. I really love the gun moment because it was something that was sort of, he just did it. It's unmentioned. He shot the person. And then like it, unless like I forget in the comics, he shot in the comics, when Bucky um, takes over as cap for a time, he has a gun. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, and Bucky, as we know in this show has, is atoning for all of the like hundreds yeah, of people. What's rule number two. So I think it's one of those things where though, as somebody who uh, uh, has a little bit of knowledge of this character, may or may not like this character, I wanted, I was like, don't waste time on this fake cap. I want to know about all the things going on with the characters that I do care. Um, and you guys, uh, you know, Justin especially loves to get in characters' heads. So I can see why that's very exciting to you. And it, it is an interesting twist to put. Uh, like uh, to see where this douche comes from. But like, this isn't what we're here for, guys. This isn't Falcon and Winter Soldier and some douche sometimes, okay? I want the action. I want the real story. I don't want to waste time on this stuff. Yeah, see, what I want is I want Sam to get the shield, become Captain America, and the show is two minutes long, and he has no problems ever. I think that would be great. But let me me throw that out there. Like, the fact that they're willing to... The fact that, yes, um, it's going to come right back to me. The fact that they're willing to put us in Walker's head for this episode and follow that. And then we should talk about this more later when we get there. But we meet Isaiah Bradley in this episode and we're not in his head. We are firmly by his own. He's like, I don't want to talk. I don't want to say his house, let alone his head. Exactly. (laughs) And I think he's also Captain America. So we have all these Captain Americas. We have all these Captain. Exactly. All these Captain Americas. And we uh, don't we're in varying degrees of their heads and we don't know where we stand really with any of them. That is a very exciting place. So I really appreciate that. The only thing I appreciated about douche cap was the marching band. That was a sick marching band. It was a fun song to play over the Marvel credits. I enjoyed that very much. Other than that douche cap, get out of here. I next birthday, Pete, I'm going to get you your own marching band to sort of dance around you. You can high five. (laughs) They'll play the Pete song. Hey, Oh, and while we're talking about things Pete loves, let me just say, when you first saw that scene where you, John Walker's walking into the locker room, did you immediately think Ted Lasso? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh. Yeah. I thought for sure, because it looks like yeah, the lo- locker room a from Ted Lasso, bit, I thought for sure you were going to be like, it's Lasso. <laughs> Lasso exists in this world. It's a whole crossover. Yeah. Lasso's the Captain America we need. Oh, man. He kind of is, I think. Just shave, shave the stash and he's ready to go. 
So save the stash. Save the stash. So a couple of little things that I'll throw out there while we're going through and talking about potential Easter eggs. So as Pete mentioned, they play a band version of the Star Spangled Man with a Plan from Captain America First Avenger when they're introducing him. Pretty weird that they're filming Good Morning America at night, I think. Not 100% sure. And still saying good morning. Yeah. Maybe it was early morning. Maybe it was like pre-dawn hours or something like that. That's a great sure, point. Sure, sure. That's a great point. But Sarah Haynes, one of the hosts there from The View and also from Good Morning America, introducing him. So very exciting for the Haynes heads like myself. Uh, oh, yeah, nice. exactly. Congrats. Ooh. Yes. GMA's, Thank you very much. GMA Hive, stand up. And no, the, I, the fact that Give me Robin is, Roberts and then I'll care. Okay. Uh, give me Megan McCain. That's what I wanted to see in this. Oh, Megan McCain, wow. MCU Boo. continuity, make it happen. The high school that he's at is a reference to where John Walker grew up in the comics. It's uh, in Georgia. I'm forgetting the exact name of it. I should have written it down. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, but I like this. I liked setting it up. You know, we not joked about it, but said he was probably going to turn out to be the racist cap last episode. But I think they very squarely set it up there that you question that or you think he's going to be that. He's going to be a lot of people online over the past week called a MAGA cap, uh, which mm. very funny. Little, a little, funny. Yeah, <laughs> funny. little funny joke there. Let's pause for But he comes in and he went is. to a mostly African-American high school. His best friend is African-American. His wife, I'm not sure exactly what her uh, nationality was, but she's clearly not Caucasian. So at least I went into the episode immediately questioning that, like we do a lot of other things. I don't think it precludes him being racist or turning out to be racist in the long run at all. But I think you're right. It doesn't preclude it, but I, I give them credit for being yeah. like, they didn't take the simple thing. They, they're moving, th- even if he does turn out to be like racist or whatever, it is still this path that is creating more nuance, which is like the real world. And to give an MCU... Uh, <laughs> show as or movie credit for diving deeper i think is great and that's what sort of the promise of this show is like it's not a movie they're able to get into these issues a little bit more which is something i think we've all been wanting um from well and i think to ignore pete's canoe miming going on right below me right now i what are you doing i'm sorry i'm sorry a show has nuance i Uh, apologize can we move past this douche canoe already yeah i I want to talk about the flag smashers Because I think it's the same sort of thing with the Flag Smashers that we get in this episode and was hinted at in the last episode. There's a lot more nuance to them, too. And we find out more about them and potentially even start to feel something and kind of understand their cause. Whoa. Well, Well, yes, a little bit. And but also, like, again, we're get we're left to like spend time with them when they're not committing a crime. They're trying to get by and they're like you see um, you see uh, Carly. Did not look good. Uh, food did not look good, yep. and they kept passing it around, so yeah. you know it wasn't. Yeah. You Liver. see Carly, Carly feeling sad that her one of her soldiers, one of her fellow, yeah. uh, I don't know what you ever want to call him, another flag smasher, sacrificed himself. And rather than being like, oh, that guy died, you really, they linger on her. So we're meant to be like, oh, there's something here, too. There's like, whether it's evil, probably, or it's like wrong-headed at the least, we're still meant to think about these things. And I think that is... Again, smart, nuanced. I also think there's a lot there, you know, trying to get back to the blip and feel like the the world has been splitting resources amongst too many people, which is was Thanos's original yeah. idea of why he he snapped his fingers and created the blip, which I think is super interesting. Like these they don't know that yet. They're 
adapting the same philosophy as this great, huge arch villain of the entire universe. Yeah. They just got to get their hands on that infinity gauntlet and then they'll be mm. G2G. Let's talk about Isaiah Bradley because I know that's what you want to talk about, Pete. This, I am so surprised they did this in the second episode. This is something that we speculated about, but this is a huge deal in the comics. To give you guys a little bit of the background, if you don't know the comics, Isaiah Bradley is played by Carl Lumley here, who yeah. has been on... Love that guy. He's great. Uh, The character was created by Robert Morales and Kyle Baker, who Pete wore a weird hat with and got high with once in 2003. (laughs) Come on. I got baked with Baker. I mean, you can't pass that that night. That was one of my favorite nights. I did not get high with Kyle Baker, but passing by Pete doing it was one of my life's rare joys. (laughs) This is at at San Diego Comic-Con. I think Alex and I were standing with each other drinking and talking to someone. We look over and Pete is posing for some large group picture wearing Kyle Baker's ad on the other side of the lobby or whatever. I was like, yo, look at this. Uh, yeah, but this stuff. is the night where you guys, uh, you know, then had the fun with uh, Mr. Lee, who is the king of San Diego. Now we're just now we're just dropping names. So this is from Truth, Red, White, and Black, which again was released in 2003. And the deal with it is, uh, we got the detail a little bit long. This is not wrong. This is not uh, the first Captain America. This is yeah. after Captain America in, at least in this point, it was World War II, though it sounds like they've retconned it to being the Korean War or something Korean like War. that yep. here on the, the show. Uh, this is based on the Tuskegee experiments where, and this is a real life thing, where I believe it was syphilis treatment. Is that right? Syphilis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. was uh, the United States government experimented on African-American soldiers. Most of them died. It's horrific. Oh, and horror, truth was playing story. off that, where they were trying to reproduce the super soldier formula, experimented on 300 African-American American soldiers. Most of them died. Whoever did die were horribly distorted or mangled, except for Isaiah Bradley, who got the same powers as Captain America. As soon as he put on the Captain America costume, he was arrested and court-martialed and thrown in prison for 17 years. Uh, So that's what's going on with him. We get a riff on that here, and I'm very curious. Uh, Carl Lumley, great in the scene. Uh, they played this surprisingly subtly. Like, I feel like they held back a lot of the information, and I'm curious if they're going to follow up on him and the character at some other point in the series. You have to. You can't just bring that up and walk away. Definitely. Um, I think uh, it's going to be, I would guess, introducing him him at this point in the series, I think it's going to be a, a large portion of it. And... I know we're sort of moving maybe quickly to another topic. It reinforces our young Avengers theory um, that we uh, were talking about. So that's the other character who appears in the scene is Isaiah's grandson, Eli Bradley, who on the show is played by Elijah Richardson. That came up much later. He was created by Alan Heinberg and Jim Chung in Young Avengers number one, which is 2005. And his deal, though I guess we'll see how they do this on the show, is all of the Young Avengers, if you've never read the comic book, seem to be one thing, but they're actually another thing. Like Iron Man is actually one of the worst Avengers villains ever, just not yet. Uh, in his case, Eli Bradley dresses up as a character named Patriot. He's supposed to look like Bucky. He's wearing basically the same costume. And he said he got a blood transfusion from his grandfather that gave him super soldier powers. He doesn't actually have them. He has no powers. He's just very athletic, and he's faking it really, really well. Well, he was well, he was also taking um, mutant growth That's hormone right. at yeah. one point. So, like, he was – and it was, like, taking – taxing his body and all that. Uh, but then eventually, I think he did get a transfusion from Isaiah. They made it 
they almost internally retconned it. So he did get super soldier powers in the comic. So I have a feeling they're going to go more that route. Um, if they do uh, develop all these characters and form Young Avengers. I'm really looking forward to the articles that are probably coming out later today about, is this teeing up the X-Men? Uh, yeah. Because I, it I, always I, never is. What's nice <laughs> is, um, you know, there was there was talk about, um, you know, how uh, they're going to lean into the race issue, how it's going to be portrayed in the show. And it... First off, Isaiah character amazing, so cool. The way that uh, Falcon was treated versus Bucky said so much, and then that interaction with the kid, like, "Hey, it's Black Falcon." He's like, "Are you Black Kid?" Like, just awesome. Yeah. Talking about it, dealing with it, showing it to us. It was but really showing great. it, showing and not telling. Exactly, like, being like these characters are in space, like living their lives, and we encounter these issues, just like. In people's lives, you encounter these issues. You don't go out and be like, I want to talk about race this morning. Yeah. No, it's not how it works. But I, also, I did want to call out about that before we move on from it. The Black Falcon convo also interestingly parallels the scene earlier in the episode where uh, Sam says, hey, you're moving so stealthy. You're moving like Black Panther. They should call you White Panther. White Panther. And he yeah. makes a joke saying, actually, they called me White Wolf, which confuses Sam. Yeah. He was called White Wolf very briefly in the movies from his time in Wakanda. It's very funny. But yeah. it is the sort of thing where like the, those two jokes work hand in hand to point out where it's kind of not okay to call Bucky White Panther in the same way it's definitely not okay to call Falcon Black Falcon. Yeah. Well, and I also like in the the moment, the White Panther moment. It talks, it speaks to Bucky's experience. Like he takes his time in Wakanda very seriously. It yeah. Felt like a very transformative time for him. Yeah. And so, like the fact that Sam makes light of it, he's like, uh, "You don't understand my lived experience." And I think that's sort of an ongoing thing we're going to encounter across race and every other political line we'll see in this show. Also, what's nice is that whole point of like. Uh, you people meant something more. Like he looked at Bucky and was like, "You people," but then later Bucky reveals he meant Hydra, which is also like, it, it when it happened, you're like, "Oh wow!" And then it kind of got explained later. So it, again, just dealing with things in a smart way that isn't like doesn't feel insulting to anybody's intelligence, but being like, "Hey, these are truths that people deal with, and these characters especially." So I to my hat to it. Yeah. You were going to say something, Justin? Yeah. Um, just one thing across <laughs> the board. Like, I think it's – yeah. <gasps> we gas. Group gasp. Um, I think uh, this show, the way that Falcon and Winter Soldier are both sort of little brothers, they have like big <laughs> little brother energy yeah, yeah. Um, uh, beneath Cap. It feels like that's what's happening for also New Cap. And, um, and then you put Battlestar in there, which I think is an interesting addition because – He's New Cap's sort of Bucky, but how does that relate to Bucky? It's <laughs> and like, like it's all, like everyone four else's. Bucky's. That's what it yeah. is. <laughs> and I, and I think it's so funny because that sort of infuses every scene with this energy of like I'm trying really hard. I'm trying really hard <laughs> to do this, and I think that's really funny and very much like everything you can do, I can do better. As opposed mm -hmm. to what we usually get is like someone's the mentor and someone's the mentee. Someone's the hero. Someone's a sidekick. Someone's a cap. Someone's a Bucky. Instead, we have like nine Buckys all being like I'm the man or I'm the hero. Uh, it's it's and uh, it's I really did funny. like the sense here. This is something that we also speculated about a little bit, and I don't think it necessarily plays out this way, but there are hints it could go in this direction, where Bucky does ultimately have this confession to Sam of, if you don't accept the shield, 
what does that say about me? And what is, does Cap not believe in me as well? Am I the murderer that I'm afraid I am? But I also think there's a sense of him kind of eyeing that shield as well and kind of eyeing that and being like, if you're not going to take it, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to take it because this guy doesn't deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now that you say that, yes, but I do, I really enjoy the back and forth, uh, between uh, Bucky and Falcon, and especially when we they first see each other. You know what I mean? It's not this, oh, man, two people running each other from either side of a field and feeling great to see each other. It's this, like, I'm taking care of business. What's up? Great to see you. What's going on? Like, I really love that kind of whole interaction and the back and forth and the whole staring bit was hysterical and really played well in this episode. Uh, I'm both characters and, and both actors are killing it. And every time they're together, it's really great on screen and the whole fake therapy, like, or not fake, but like forced therapy thing was just, well, you think just to be clear, you think all therapy is fake. That right? is you have not, that, you nope. have that YouTube vlog where you talk nope. about it for hours. Nope. But Pete, you've been arrested for missing therapy before, just like Bucky, right? Yeah, yeah. That's neither here nor there. I mean, who hasn't been arrested for missing therapy? You know what I mean? It's a regular occurrence here in the United States of America, which is why I'm Flag Smasher all the way. (laughs) Alex wildly aligning himself with some uh, potentially villainous folks. We'll see what happens. Uh, Now, there was an interesting twist here that we should talk about with the Flag Smashers while we're touching on them, that they seem to have gotten their powers from the power broker or the power brokers, depending on how you look at it. Uh, Potentially, they stole some super soldier serum or something like that. They get chased down at the end of the episode. In the comics, the power broker has had different names. It's been different characters. But that's the person who gave powers to John Walker, to Battlestar, I believe to Flag Smasher as well. So that's a very natural tie in there. But two theories to throw out at you guys, and I'm curious to hear what you think. One, uh, the power brokers are not actually the power broker. It's the U.S. government. And that's how the Flag Smashers are referring to them. The other way, and this still could be the U.S. government, but I, I think then it's Hydra, like we get teased at the end of the episode, or the Russian government, were basically mining the super soldier formula for Bucky and then selling it on the black market. Um, interesting. Um, I'm curious what Zemo is going to do here because I, I f- would find it strange to make him some supervillain. Like he feels like another player on the board and everyone's just going to sort of mix it up. To throw him in here in the third episode and be like, there's our villain. He's organizing all of this feels odd to me. So I sort of feel like your first theory makes a little bit more sense to me where it's the I, government. I kind of think now Zemo is going to team up with it. I think he's yeah. Not, me too. Yeah. Which, he's pissed because he feels like Hydra used to be this organization. Now, like all the governments have taken Hydra's work and are doing the the things, evil things. And he's like, I do evil things. How come they are? So I'll throw out there, this is a wild out there theory that I don't think is true at all. It is just working off of one tiny little Easter egg. But at the end of the episode, we do get them saying, hey, we're going to sit down and talk to Zemo and find out what he knows about Hydra and the super soldier serum and all this stuff. And we cut to his cell and we see Zemo's cell is number 2187, 
which is the same number as Princess Leia's cell in Star wow. Wars. Wow. First of all, get out of here. That's hold on. <laughs> that's purposeful. Obviously, there's Star Wars Easter eggs throughout the MCU. Kevin Feige is a huge Star Wars fan. He's even working on his own Star Wars movie at this point. So I think that's on purpose. That's a cute little thing. Uh, also, FN Finn FN two one eight seven is another reference to that. So it is the Star Wars thing. But I'll throw it out there. Or it's two people, uh, Bucky and Captain, want to run a one eight seven on that guy. Mm. What if Bucky's plan is not to sit down with him? What if Bucky's plan is to break him out of prison? And that's what they're teasing up with that tiny little Easter egg, which to take it even one step further, I don't think this is purposeful. But back on The Mandalorian, everybody was speculating and wanted Sebastian Stan to be playing Luke Skywalker. So if you actually had Sebastian Stan as Bucky basically being the Luke Skywalker breaking Zemo out of Leia's cell number, that's pretty funny. That's it. Oh, nice. And then they're going to kiss and later reveal that they're twins. Yeah. Yeah. Zemo says, you're awfully short for a stormtrooper. Oh, God. What is that voice? All building toward uh, Alex's Werner Herzog impression. Um, (laughs) I... uh, that's a pretty wild theory. I would check your evidence. It feels like you it feels like you picked up a crumb and were like, "Here's my birthday cake." Yeah. All right. So, anyways, let's Put let's move on to it. the the fun stuff. Uh, the the use of the big three here hilarious. Okay, uh, uh, hilarious. Yeah. How that was a fun bit throughout the whole show. Is that show. accurate though? Is that accurate to the big three? He says, uh, "What is it? Androids, aliens, and wizards." Yeah. I mean, I guess yeah. Loki's a wizard. Technically, he could probably lump that in. And then you got... But what, Go ahead. What I like about this is it, it is funny, and it's sort of a nice ongoing thing. A sorcerer is a wizard without a hat. Yeah. Very fun. Fun yeah. line. Uh, Doctor Strange, yeah. clearly, um, a reference there. It also thematically points to the reductive nature of so much um, superhero content, where it's like, yeah, you're either a hero or a villain. And this show's sort of saying, that's not what this is. This show is everyone is a different gradation of gray from our heroes. Um, Falcon, who's all hero, uh, inheritor of Captain America, but doesn't feel like he's earned it to Bucky, who's like, I was a villain for way more years than I ever was a hero. What am I? Everyone's everyone's trying to find out what they are. And on the other side, they're like aliens, androids, wizards. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's even a uh, even a moment when they're like, you know, we're not assassins. You know what I mean? So, uh, but also big three, a shout out to This Is Us. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. What are you talking about? Oh, so Alex's Easter eggs are deep uh, Star Wars sci-fi cuts and you're referencing a This Is Us? Well, they have the big three in This Is Us. So, you know, whatever. They have aliens, androids, and wizards? Yeah. Which one is Milo Ventimiglia? He's the dad, so he's not, but he helped create oh, the big three. Okay. Chrissy not, Metz? Yeah, all right, let's let's just yes, she is yes. She oh, is Pete, you don't like to three. open up the this is us. Uh, well, I think she's a wizard, man. I think yeah. she's a wizard. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's, it could be, although could she be. could also be an android because she really holds that family together. You know, hmm. I feel like I need to reference some esoteric uh, content that I'm like, this show is actually about this. Yeah. <laughs> well, the part where William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. No, that's where, pretty. That's the most esoteric thing I can think of. The part where Bucky was like, yeah, I read Hobbit in 1937 when it came out was pretty funny. So I want to point out, this is my favorite super stupid nerd thing that happened on the Internet today in regards to this is you're already watching a show about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. 
pretty nerdy already. I think we can all agree, right? And then he makes this reference to reading Hobbit in 1937, and so many people pointed out, actually, that was a limited print run of 1,500 copies Ooh. in Europe. How could Bucky have picked up a copy and read it? That seems unlikely at best. What? Come Hopefully on. Of course he could have done it. He's Bucky. Yeah, I love that first run Hobbit flex because mm-hmm. back in the first edition, I don't know if you know this, they weren't called Hobbits; they were still called Shorties. <laughs> <laughs> they were called the. I'm gonna get you Shorties. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Couple, couple of other little Easter eggs. Actually, I think only one to throw out because I think we covered every. Oh, two to throw out because we covered pretty much everything else. They met- Alex, surely there are some random numbers on a crate or something you can make <laughs> reference to. Probably. Don't sell yourself. I mean, we sure. haven't even talked about the end credits, which are chock full of Easter eggs. But they mentioned the GRC, the Global Repatriation Council, uh, which is helping people post blip. I thought that was interesting. Not an Easter egg, but just kind of a passing mention that seems like it's part of this post blip world building that's going on. So I think whether they mentioned in this series or others, we'll probably see more of that going forward. And we talked very briefly about Battlestar, but I wanted to mention his origin stuff in the comics. We mentioned he got his powers for the power broker, but the character's name, Lamar Hoskins, he's played by Clay Bennett. Uh, he was originally called Bucky in the comics, working with John Walker, but that was changed because it has racial connotations. In fact, they even addressed it in the comic. He was created by Mark Grunwald and Paul Neary, and Mark Grunwald wrote a comic where somebody was like, hey, you should maybe not call yourself that. And so he changed it to Battlestar. Uh, But he was first introduced in Captain America 323 in 1986. There you go. That's all I got. There it is. Uh, What else do you guys want to call out from the episode, if anything? Um, I definitely want to call out the conversation with um, uh, Falcon and uh, Fake Cap where it was like uh, they had that fun line where it's like it's always the last line that gets you. That was a real uh, that was a real fun moment there. Um, uh, Yeah, because he wanted him to be the wingman. Um, And then uh, Freaky Magoo in the therapy scene. Um, I hope that sticks around. Uh, That was fun. Call Bucky Freaky Magoo. Um, uh, yeah, let's see. I'm trying to think here. <laughs> more uh, freaky Magoo. Yeah, more freaky says, Magoo references. Says Marvel Vision. <laughs> yeah, How about I, you, Justin? Let's go over to you while Pete is just uh, heading down some sort of hole. Yeah, he's just digging out the bottom of the barrel <laughs> notes. <laughs> uh, the bits I liked. I, there's uh, usually a lot of nice bits. Um, I think we covered uh, most of what I was uh, thinking. I love the sort of very rare double um, buddy action uh, movie stuff we got in here. I definitely didn't see a team up uh, coming so quickly. And and just the fact that I said that earlier, the, the little brother, the big little brother energy we're seeing on the show. You just and even on all the looks, everyone looks like ah, we're losing again. There's just everyone's always losing so far in the series. So I'm I'm curious to see. Uh, how that's going to turn into some wins. What's What's interesting is like, uh, in I think it was like early mid two thousands. This saying one, you know, like one, like as a all encompassing people is now used by flag smashers as this like one world, uh, one people thing, which is it sounds exclusive. Which is interesting to kind of take something and flipping it like that supposed to be inclusive now it's exclusive which i thought was an interesting choice before we wrap up what is on your vision board for the next episode justin you want to go first sure i mean the introduction of zemo i think is going to play uh play a huge factor here we don't know 
he's being set up like a villain. And I think uh, I sort of like the idea that he is going to be an unlikely ally of Falcon Winter Soldier. But what I'm looking forward to seeing is sort of the next step for New Cap, for John Walker. Is he going to take a step into darkness? Is he going to, uh, since he seems to be very much treated like he is a a good hero soldier type in this episode, what are we going to see next? Is he going to sort of start to adopt? Is he an ends justifies the means kind of guy where he's going to find out about these bad things that maybe the U.S. government's doing and still support the government and not fight for what's right, which is maybe where there'll be a line between uh, he and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Pete, what about you? What's on your vision board? Um, I uh, didn't get to talk about Isaiah enough, like that whole thing of like him being like, I didn't know if he'd come back to kill me or show off his new arm was a pretty cool ass thing because he did come back to show off his new arm. I'm hoping for more Isaiah moments um, and uh, getting to hear more about that story uh, as well as kind of like how Falcons kind of kind of deal with this new information. I'm looking forward to more from Flag Smasher, specifically Aaron Kellyman's character, Carly Morgenthau, I think it is. Yep. Yeah. My mm-hmm. absolute favorite moment of the episode is the moment in the back of the truck when Bucky comes in and says, hey, oh, I'm yeah. a hostage. And she, and she just turns and smiles. Yeah. Oh, and you just see great. him fly out of the truck. Amazing. Yeah. But she got to play so many different levels throughout the episode. That was the character that really thrilled me. I want to know more about that. I know they're the villains, but she seems so engaging and interesting in the right way. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see how that plays in, like we've been talking about with Zemo, with all of these elements they threw on the table here. That should be uh, really fascinating in the third episode. Also, what's great about her is like having such range where she l- can look so small and fragile and then so badass, like really impressive to to kind of uh, see her fight. Like those fights sequences are really badass and they're doing a great job with her so i'm uh, i'm excited all right that is it if you'd like to support our podcast patreon.com slash comic book club also we do a live show every tuesday night at 7 p.m to crowdcast on youtube come hang out we would love to chat with you about the falcon and the winter soldier both of them at the same time Mm -hmm. itunes android spotify stitcher or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show on itunes in particular leave us a comment rate us we love to see that that is always awesome marvel vision pod on twitter instagram and facebook comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more until next time stay marvelous